Hello, my name is Maurice Washington. I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Executive Talk. Those that are here live watching us on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, or on YouTube, or on our podcast. Thank you guys for joining us today. Hey, we have a great show. Um, and the title of today's show is Your Restaurant at Risk. Um, it doesn't matter if you're a new restaurant owner, if you're thinking about becoming a restaurant owner, or if you currently are a restaurant, I want you to make sure that you listen to this show. And, to, to help digest this particular topic, I have Rick Calloway with me. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing just great. Sun shining and everything is good. That's it. Yeah, that sun shining a little too bright here lately, but you know, we're not gonna complain, right? We're just gonna adjust and keep it moving. So talk to me about the, the restaurant business. Right now, we have come through a COVID crisis. We've seen a lot of business, a lot of restaurant owners go out of business. So um, talk to us about what's going on. Well. Statistics say roughly only 65% of the restaurants that were in business prior to COVID are back in business. But there are people that lost their jobs at those restaurants are now opening restaurants. So hopefully that industry will increase. So you have a lot of issues to deal with things before you even open the restaurant. You know, restaurants are kind of like real estate, location, 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 do your market research. If people aren't gonna come into your restaurant, eh, you're not gonna serve much food. Then things you can control inside the restaurant, you have to, nowadays, you have to keep your service above par. People not only want to come in and eat the food, they, they expect to be taken care of. Yeah. Then we sure. have fun things like COVID that happened that, you know, you can't plan for, but you actually need to do maybe a little financial planning to have some reserves or something like that does happen. Then we have all the fun things like fire, your building burns down your food goes bad, spoilage. You have valet parking and one of your wonderful parking lot attendants decides to smash the car into somebody else's car. Somebody loses a coat from the customer's coat lounge. They're not happy about that. That's right, that's right. Good news is some of these risks are insurable. Many types of insurance are needed. Some are actually required, required by law. We've got criminal okay. liability property right. insurance, workers' compensation that's required in, in most states, employment practices liability, and cyber liability. We, we only have 30 minutes, so we're just going to talk about two topics, general liability insurance and property insurance. All right, that's fair. Let's break this down here, Rick, because a couple of things stood out to me. Um, we are what we're finding is a lot of uh, people who open up their restaurant. They're they're considering opening up a restaurant because they are they're fantastic cook, cooks, or maybe they have family members who did it before. Are we seeing? Are we are, are we seeing a lot of people correlate opening a restaurant based on that fact versus just the, everything else that goes into it? Is that some of the, one of the missing components? Is that a risk? I actually advised a potential client that they probably shouldn't open a restaurant. My wife is a great cook and she can cook a meal for 25, 50 people. Cooking one meal for 25, 50 people is a lot different than cooking 25 meals for things. So it's, it's a different thing. So you have to, you know, you have to understand the business, cooking, service, it's all related. And the quantity of things that you do, it's not, you gotta wear a lot of hats. You're not just yes. sitting in the kitchen cooking. And I, you know, I think one of the misconceptions within uh, the restaurant field is that, well, it's actually not even a misconception. I feel like a lot of people can make a lot of a lot of good income 
opening up a restaurant, but it seems like the profit margins are fairly low. Is that is that correct? That's correct. Restaurant business is not not a high profit margin business, unless you have a bar. Then you can uh, make a profit margin there. When I when yeah, speaking of the bar, um, what I read and what I kind of researched here is that when it comes to alcohol sales, that makes up to about thirty plus percent of a restaurant's revenue. Is that does that seem to be about right? That's probably true. Okay. Cost cost versus the sales price of alcohol is a whole lot different than the price versus the cost of preparing a meal. Okay. Well, I'm, I want to share this article with everybody here. That was fairly intriguing because obviously we've, when we, when it comes to COVID, it has uh, allowed a lot of different innovation because again, we all want to keep everybody in business. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and share this, this topic here. And this is all, this is from FS, um, FSRmagazine.com. And now it's saying that um, most rest, most restaurants aim to make about 30% of the revenue from alcohol sales uh, with lower labor costs and inventory. Uh, that has a big shelf life, even the most sophisticated cocktail yields larger profits. Plus, while guests typically will order just one meal, um, they'll often order multiple drinks. Now, this is what happened. This is a response to COVID. And so when it comes to insurance, I want to hear, hear your hear your perspective about this. So by the end of March, more than 30 states had made legal changes that allow restaurants to sell alcohol with takeout or delivery orders. Obviously, that's unheard of. So is is this restaurant open themselves to a lot of risk? I, I mean, I see the state made some adjustments to their policies, but I mean, talk to me about kind of the risks that come involved with selling liquor. Well, you, you need, you know, everyone seems to overindulge at times. Hmm. Never, never me, of course. And <laughs> sometimes, sometimes get in fights, do crazy things. And it used to be with dram laws, the server or the seller of the alcohol was liable. But now it's been determined in most states that the proximate cause of the accident was not the serving of the liquor, but the drinking of the liquor. However, you definitely still need liquor liability coverage because anybody can sue anybody for anything. And I haven't met any attorneys that work for free. So to make sure you get out of the lawsuit, you better have liquor liability coverage. That's it. And so now we're getting into that where that to that special place, which is not not is that's so much so we talked about the dwelling, the location and customer service, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But let's talk about the insight. And one of those insight um, is what we just got through discussing, which is the liquor. But there's also a lot of other things that seem to show up within the insight, the inner workings of the day-to-day -day workings of the restaurant and keeping it going. So mm -hmm. what about business income? Because when COVID, did they take care of folks? You know, Unfortunately, that was not a covered cause of loss. It has not been a covered cause of loss since SARS. So. It's not a new thing, but it's just the first time it's come up in such a big way where people were closed down. Okay. Another issue is you own a restaurant, you better have some general liability insurance for a couple of reasons. One, if somebody slips and falls, they're going to sue you. Yeah. This is California. We've got more lawyers per capita than anywhere. So, <laughs> lots of right. and right. you also have coverage. If you're leasing a building, if you burn the guy's building down, he's not going to be very happy. So that would be picked up on your general liability. If you damage 
the inside of the building, which you're probably responsible for by lease, you need what's called damage to property rented to you, which will take care of, you know, if somebody breaks a window, somebody kicks in your door or whatever. That's where that coverage will be picked up. Then back to the food and the alcohol. Yeah. You have what's called proper products liability. That would cover you. You know, the food goes bad in the restaurant, but even more so, what happens if something goes wrong by the time the food gets from your restaurant to the client somebody goes That's wrong you, you probably have a claim between uber or whatever and you but again the attorneys don't work for free you have to have a way to get out of that claim or get it settled okay so what about what about extra expense because now you're and this is when we're talking about is your restaurant at risk and i want to i want to make sure we reiterate that because now these are the, the those small exposures that people tend to not think about. So what about extra expense and sewer backup? Because sewer is one of those things that you don't plan for. You don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah. That, that could shut you down, it seems. Yes, in fact, I have a client that came in to open up the place bright and early in the morning, and he found his floor covered with roughly an inch of wonderful sewage. Wow. Uh, not only does that damage the floor, but in this case, it had been sitting there overnight it seeped up the walls so they had to tear out the walls to make sure they have no mold so that was an expensive proposition so that's where business income would come into play since he couldn't operate he has to get his revenue somewhere so he has both of these coverage plus business income and he'll get paid for that yeah got it okay. extra expense may come in especially in a restaurant that's doing a lot of takeout yeah. if something happens they can't operate they can go to another commercial kitchen and serve their product uh -huh. that, that would be an extra expense that would be picked up by the insurance okay almost uh, one, one important almost. item if you What's own that? your building if you own your building you better make sure you have it properly insured because if it burns down you got to be able to have it rebuilt mm, that's right that's right now this is interesting because as you bring this up there's a delay in service there's a delay in clients actually being able to come in right so Let's say you do have a sewer backup and you're out of people, you, you know, you can't have people come into your restaurant for maybe 20 days. How does customer service play a part in that delay? Well, the, the people, the principals of the restaurant and the staff you know, have to communicate with their clients. Hopefully they've gathered over the years, you know, some means of communicating with them, email, whatever, everybody has newsletters these days and keep them up up to date on hey this place is almost repaired we're going to be open next week because if i can't eat at your restaurant i may find another restaurant and that may become my new favorite so i want you want your client tell to hear from me that hey we're working on it we're coming back we'll be back before you know it and they'll, and they'll remember oh yeah 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 i want to go back there that was my favorite place that's fair that's fair and and speaking of those delays those potential delays this is what gets me the most right here. And when we're talking about spoilage, because when you think about just even, I don't know, let's put everybody in perspective at home. When you have your refrigerator and all of a sudden it breaks down, it, it, it's panic mode in the, whole, in the whole house. I mean, so I can just, I can just imagine what it would be like when you have a restaurant and you have spoilage and you have issues of that nature. Yeah, you've got a couple of issues that are touched on because of spoilage, obviously. If your refrigerators go down, your freezers go down or whatever, somehow you have to get that food replaced somehow. Mm, that's right. It's not, not cheap, depending on the type of restaurants, high-end steak or fish restaurant, 
the product that they're serving is relatively costly. On also, if that equipment breaks down, somebody has to fix it. We much rather the insurance company pays to fix it than you pay to fix it. Yeah. Because, like we said, profit margins in restaurants aren't high, and I'm sure no one has extra money sitting around to buy a five thousand dollar freezer or even even more. Yeah. So, as much as this stuff is boring, it's essential because you have to think of the business of your business, not serving the food. Yes. And that's that, that's the key. And there, there's nothing boring about loss because you may come up. We're, we're talking about a lot of exposures. You you just you just mentioned earlier in this conversation that restaurant business is not a high expo, not a high profit margin business, let alone you have these type of interruptions. So if you're not properly prepared for these potential interruptions and we're kind of creatures of habit, we, we do this whole it's not going to happen to me. And so we just kind of neglect a lot of these things that we're talking about. So I think this, these are very important, especially when we talk about like utility interruption, because that seems like another one of those on plan circumstances. Yeah, that uh, as it covers is pretty important because the last time I checked, most restaurants require electricity and gas to prepare <laughs> their food. That's right. If the utilities go down again, uh, guess what? My freezer's not going to work. My food's not going to be able to be served. And you need to be compensated for that loss, but you have to have this particular coverage to take care of this. I mean, there is an instance, say, if the utilities go down, and they come back up and there's a surge and it blows up your freezer. Theoretically, you can go after the utility person, but utility companies have a whole lot more lawyers running around than you do. So that claim could sit out there for forever. In the meantime, you have no refrigerator. So you need to have this covered by a proper insurance policy so that you can get paid in a timely manner because you have to keep people in the restaurant. That's it. And that is a key business business perspective here is keep people in the, in the restaurant, keep the restaurant going at all, at all costs. And this is interesting. I feel like this is one that more established businesses really know how this works, but those that are coming in and considering opening up their own restaurant, they may not have, may not be aware of this, but peak season, um, to me, when I think about peak season, I, I think about the obvious just because of my my knowledge base. But Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, you know, Easter, those are kind of the things when I think about peak season. But immediately exposed me to more. Did you ever try to get a reservation to take your mother out to dinner on Mother's Day? Yeah, that's, it's ridiculous. That's probably the peak season of all. Yes, so that's right. And you also have summer seasons for some restaurants, a restaurant that has a nice outdoor patio. They might see their business increase during the summer. So you need what's called peak season coverage. Normally, say you have $20,000 of food sitting in a refrigerator to prepare meals with. Peak season happens, and all of a sudden you've got $40,000 worth of food in your freezers. Guess when your freezer crashes? Okay. So <laughs> peak season. <laughs> peak, you know, things never happen, you know. You know, fires never happen eight to five. They always happen after hours. A preacher going out doesn't happen while you're there sitting there during the day. It goes out in the middle of the night. You come in in the morning and go, oh, man, what happened to all my all my food? So yes, the coverage for the stock and the property is important, but you also have, a, have an increase for the peak season. Okay. Now, this is one of those uh, other concerns because obviously you need – people to help you run your, your business, your restaurant. And 
I don't know. I don't know if this is like a big issue in the restaurant industry, industry, but to me, employee theft seems to cross a lot of business owners' minds. But how how prevalent is it in the in the restaurant industry? It used to be a bigger issue with employees being able to steal because everything was in cash. Everything now is credit cards, debit cards. Yeah. We don't have as much cash flowing through. I do have a client in San Francisco that runs a nightclub. And for some reason, they do a lot of cash. And I was looking at the facility. I go, why the heck do you have all these cameras here? You had like 10 cameras in the bar area. He said, every one of those is watching the cash registers. I know how many dollars go in and how many dollars go out. Hmm. But, but that's an unusual thing. You're more likely to have theft by your employee that takes care of your books. They're going to yeah, be you know, set, up, set up a bogus company and send them checks or whatever. Thing to watch out for is if your people that handle your books never want to take a day off it's not because they're loyal to you it's because they got to make sure that money going in and out where it shouldn't be happens without anybody seeing it so you need to pay attention to your books you don't need to be a cpa you just got to kind of figure out wait a minute i don't i don't recognize that vendor i don't what what do i use him for there's some strange names on there and you'll pick that stuff up most people opening businesses are relatively smart people so they can go through those things and pick it up if not have you know if you're concerned have your have a cpa audit your books make sure it's taken care of but you work hard for your money you don't want it going out the side door that's true and now speaking of that uh workman's comp just seems like one of those things that needs to always be in discussion because i know that's a big open exposure area for for every restaurant business every you know, in most states it's a required coverage yeah and it, it protects both the employer and the employee obviously if you're an employee and you get hurt on the job you expect to be compensated and your medical bills to be taken care of that's what this is designed for but on the other hand as the employer and having this agreement that has this coverage that takes care of the employee you're also protected the employee cannot turn around and sue you for him slipping and falling or whatever that claim is there they can turn around and sue you for negligence that would also be covered by the policy but those are usually pretty pretty tough to prove i've okay. got several examples where we've had lawsuits that ended up getting thrown out 30 seconds after they started again gotcha. my friendly lawyers got paid again <laughs> they got paid again uh, we're running into this also another exposure that is very hot right now in a negative way, but we seem to keep on forgetting about it and putting it aside. But cybersecurity is 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 running rampant all over the place. How 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 much of an exposure shows up when it comes to the restaurant industry? Unfortunately, these claims are increasing. Well, I think the last report was they're up like sixty five percent. Wow. And you're thinking, well, I run a restaurant. What the heck do I need cyber liability for? I'm not an internet web designer or any of that kind of stuff. If you use email, you probably even have a website for your advertising your business. They're susceptible to multiple things. The, the phishing attacks, people yes. sending an email say, hey, we, you know, we've got a vendor you deal with on a regular basis. He sends you what looks like an email from him that says, hey, We've, we've changed our banks, send send the money over to this new bank. And then your vendor calls you a week later, goes, well, when are you going to pay your darn bill? You go, I paid that last week. And then all of a sudden you find out that that money didn't go to your vendor. It went somewhere else. 
So one, you got to replace the money. Hopefully you had a good broker that made sure you had cybersecurity insurance so that that claim is covered. I mean, it's these these people that do these phishing emails are pretty pretty sharp. They've, their email address looks almost identical to what it should be. I saw one that was an email from, looked like, let's say it was from Netflix accounting department. They needed right. the information. I looked at the address. To, Netflix is spelled N-E-T-F-L-I-X. The email address was at N-E-T-I-I. So with eyes, it looked like an L. But if you're not paying attention, you go, oh, I better send them my information. That's right. And those things, you know, right. the, the hackers are, are the faster computer people figure out ways to get people out of the computer, the faster the hackers figure a way in. Also, you have all your records on your on your computer. Your yeah, that's files, right. All of that stuff. Ransomware, they come in and lock up those files. Mm. Things you need are on that computer. You're out of luck. That's right. So you need to be able to fix that. And you need to be, be compensated for the fact that, that that happened. There's not only insurance things related to cyber, but there's a lot of things you can do to protect your system. So you need a proper consultant to handle that kind of stuff for you. How to set up an email address. What about how to use passwords and all those types of things. But that's that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show. We'll get to it. So last but not least, innovation. And we've come a long way, and that's what people had to do in order to stay in business over over these last couple of years is innovate, be creative to to make some things happen in order to, again, to still be here and survive. But one of the biggest innovations has been uh, what DoorDash. So how is innovation starting to show up as far as the insurance risk to to these restaurant owners? Uh, well, Insurance-wise, it doesn't really affect the restaurant owner because basically he just puts out the food and the DoorDash driver takes it. The DoorDash company or the DoorDash driver may have a big insurance issue that they need to deal with. We don't have enough time to talk about that. But as far as innovation, have you been to a restaurant lately where the waiter doesn't even come to the table? You just punch in your order on the take And they take your money as quickly as possible with, a, with one swipe. That's innovation. And is that a good innovation or a bad innovation? We talked earlier about customer service. Yeah. I want somebody to pay attention to me. That little box on the table isn't paying attention to me. So it may be a good thing or a bad thing. Also, another thing you need to ensure, you need to have electronic data processing coverage because mm-hmm. that little device, if it stops working, you're not getting orders into the kitchen and you have to have the device placed. And I, I've read, and I haven't seen it yet, they're even working on drones to come deliver the food. So you order your food on the table, they'll send the drone over with the food, they'll come pick up your place with the drone, they'll swipe the money and you never see a person. Only good side to that is, I don't need to tip a drone. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but that's, that's, another, that's another exposure. Um, like you said, that personal relationship is a, could be a, a loss of business for that restaurant. That's, that's yeah. it may not be insurance wise, but it, it definitely is your, you know, your repeat customer business. Yeah, the, the life, the lifeblood of your restaurant is people walking in the door and ordering food and telling their friends what a great, what a great experience they had. Yeah. If I'm running around swiping cars and talking to drones. I'm probably not going to go brag about how wonderful the service was. I might 
mention it as a, as an oddity and go, man, this restaurant is pretty unusual. The drone delivered the food. I talked to the little box, and I got food. <laughs> and I paid at the little kiosk. That's right. <laughs> so, so Rick, wrap this up for us. And what would you have a new business owner or somebody considering, you know, opening up the restaurant or somebody that's currently in the business? What would you have them do? And talk to both parties. Well, you have as any business owner, you have to work on the business, not just in the business. You need to have people that handle your books. You need to have people that handle your marketing. If you can't do everything, you need to sit with a, a competent insurance broker because when you're budgeting to run your restaurant, you need to remember, oh, I got to pay those insurance costs. You don't want to open the door and go, oh man, my insurance bill is $10,000. How the heck am I going to pay that? Planning, 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 planning. When, you, when you've been in business already, you probably need to review the coverage. If you've been in business for a long time, things have changed. Things have changed a lot. So you need to be aware of those things. Everything requires review. Yes. Here's what I want to go ahead and leave everybody with. Um, you know, when it comes to insurance, the, the, the consumer thought process is get the lowest insurance, have three bids, fine, have three bids, have all that. But here's, here's what I feel like is the most important. Have the bid that's right. If it's a little bit more expensive, but it gives you the right coverage, so that way you can stay in business and all these risks that we just explained to you, all these exposures that are happening in your restaurant are real time. So is I feel like it's about the right insurance, not the cheapest. It's, it's the best. And, and I feel like at, at this stage, it's almost review time because things have changed and pricing has changed across the board for everything. So I would suggest everybody um, really look at this from the right perspective and go into it with the right perspective because again it feels like you would pay some exorbitant cost cost if you're not properly insured would that be accurate rick yeah and you want to have the proper coverage at the proper price an inexpensive policy is great until there's a claim and the coverage isn't That's there right. and you end up spending thousands and thousands and thousands and then you're going, why didn't I have this coverage? Oh, Joe offered it to me, but Bill's was cheaper. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Not always the answer. You have to have to take a look at the risk and, and be sure that you have your assets properly covered. Our motivation, what we're going to do here, business owners, what either if you're coming in or if you're currently in business as a restaurant owner, stay in business. We need businesses to be around. We need that job flexibility. We need that service. So heighten, heighten everything. Do not scale back, heighten everything. Let's all do better together. Um, reach out to Rick. Um, you can find him on LinkedIn and you can uh, get some more information from him. And obviously he'll, he'll take care of you. He's very knowledgeable. I wanna thank you very much, Rick, for all your information and uh, your time that you spent today. My pleasure. Two right. of my favorite subjects, insurance and restaurants. So if you insure restaurants, you have to go eat them and test the food. Figure will attest to. That'll work, man. That'll work. Uh, but in the meantime, Rick and I, we actually have to get back to work. You guys have a great day. We'll see you next time. See you all later. <laughs>